I don't need to tell you what time it is. You all know, if you're a regular dollop listener, or even if you're not a regular dollop listener. I mean, this moment is so epic in the David's Daily Digital Dollop calendar. I think you're all aware of what today is. Very exciting. I mean, it's all very well and good. The whole spring watch thing. That's been interesting. But nowhere near as interesting as what's in store today because it is time for the first time that I visit my well I use the word local it's not massively local it's a mile away and I have to walk to it but my my local cooperative shop actually before I uh, head out I should really check that I've got some money oh yeah I've got money anyway what what am I saying of course I've got money I'm a folk singer right I will be following instructions on my sat nav so if you're wondering what's going on. Approaching a left turn on position required. So just to let you know, you will be hearing the sounds of directional instructions by my sat-nav on my phone. So just to um, explain this for non-regular dollop listeners or readers. Continue straight. Okay, I will. Oh my god, I'm giving away where I live. The stalkers are going to know where I live. What? Turn around. Oh, I've gone the wrong way already. We've only just set off from the, the house. It's going to be a... Yeah, exactly. You told me to continue straight. What are you on about? You've just told me to continue straight. And then you told me I'd gone the wrong way. So I turned round, started walking the opposite direction. You told me to continue straight. It's not a good start. Where am I going? Could be a long dollop, this one. What am I doing now? Turn right. I just have turned right. Okay, I'll turn right again. I'm going to get run over there for crossing now. Well, it's going to be a long dollop. I've been out of the house for two minutes and I've gone completely the wrong direction. I hope you're ready for the long haul, people. I mean, I could split this into two parts. The walk to the co-op and then the actual co-op adventure. But, I mean, I'm not sure if people's nerves can take it. I mean, you've already had to wait a couple of weeks for this exciting occasion. So just to recap for non-dollop regulars. Re- oh, it's got to go the wrong way, apparently. This is absolutely ridiculous. Tell me to turn round again. Right. Well, don't keep telling people where I live. Right, what do you want me to do? Turn left on Fox Hill Road. Turn left. Passing Cross Road 11 o'clock. What? Continue straight. Continue straight? Oh, always continue. Fox Hill Road. Right. Slight left on Passing Cross Road. Slight left. Slight left on Passing Cross Road. So I think we might finally be on track. Okay, so anyway, we'll go. As I was saying, for non-dollop regulars, the reason I'm heading to the cooperative shop, I've made frequent references to my encounters with staff in supermarkets, in the Sainsbury supermarket. But uh, Michael Wackington, a dollop regular, commented to suggest that being a folk singer, that I should not be shopping at Sainsbury's, I should be shopping at the cooperative, being the folk singer that I am. You know, we sing all these songs of social conscience, and here I am shopping at Sainsbury's. So he suggested that I, I went to the cooperative instead, who do obviously all sorts of community projects and things like that. And... Uh, have a more, maybe, cooperative, fairer stance when it comes to doing business. I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions on Lord Sainsbury. He might be a lovely man, and he might do all sorts of great work. So I don't, I mean, I've not done my research here. So Michael's just saying I should go to the cooperative shop. He's a cooperative member. But the less said about his cooperative member, the better. But thank you very much for that, Michael. It was... uh, much appreciated but I promise not to tell your wife I said I'd just keep that between me and you didn't I Michael sorry about that literally between me and you but anyway I've not done my research I don't know for all I know Lord Sainsbury might be the most philanthropic benevolent man but anyway it's been suggested that I go to the cooperative Michael's been trumpeting on about the cooperative for a long time on the dollops and so finally I acquiesced and this 
is the result of my acquiescence. It's quite an interesting sentence there. I don't think the man who was just past me was expecting, as he passed, to hear someone say, this is the result of my acquiescence. <laughs> this is the result of my acquiescence. He's probably looking around going, what? What's the result of your acquiescence? I'm looking, but I can't see anything. So we'll be having a look. We're going to go at the cooperative and we're going to see how cooperative they are, firstly. Because the th reason, one of the reasons I got Sainsbury's, other than the fact that it's quite local, they've got a lot of staff on hand to help. And being blind, I need someone to go around the shop with me. And the question is, will the cooperative be cooperative? Will they be able to help me get some things around the shop? That's the first question. Also, I need to know whether they have things like almond milk. If they don't have those, then it's a no-go. You can be as socially enterprising as you want. And I've always said this, I'm all for supporting community projects. If that comes at the price of me not getting me almond milk, I'm sorry for all the songs that we sing of social consciousness and that kind of thing, there's a limit. And not having almond milk is that limit. I'm not prepared to... Uh... Oh, there's someone who recognises me. Yes, yes, it is David Eagle. You're right, yes, yes. Someone peeping the horn there. A dollop fan, presumably. Oh, I have to turn right. That means I need to cross this road. Maybe that's... I've just gone past the crossing. Maybe that's what the person was peeping about. He knows where I'm going. He's a dollop listener. He knows where I'm going. And he was, he's obviously going to the cooperative. He's gone past the, the place where he needs to go. We just thought we'd, we'll peep it on. Maybe there's people following me. There's people following me on my journey, kind of really excited, kind of taking photos. Maybe there's like a live Twitter feed going on right now. All very excited. It's a big day. I mean, people are probably taking days off work. It's a big day for a lot of people. You know, taking the day off work so they can go and follow me around. And like, you know, when people support the London Marathon runners or something like that. I think it's the equivalent for people. So you'll hear a lot of people peeping their horns, maybe even a few people chanting my name and things like that. A lot of people won't be doing that. If you think, oh, there's not really that many people, David, peeping their horns or chanting your name or encouraging you or cheering, that's because they respect the dollop and they realise I'm recording and they don't want to disrupt the dollop recording. So they're, just not, they're not chanting and peeping out of respect. But a few drivers and people just cannot contain their excitement. And so... Turn right on Southie Green Road, go through two roundabouts. I have to go through two roundabouts. That's not filling me with much confidence, Michael. To get to the Sainsbury's, I merely have to walk in a straight line. This one's been across the roundabouts. I'm not sure about... Straight. Oh, now I have to continue straight. Continue straight, there's a dead It's a stupid thing. Right, I'll walk past the... It's not an easy route, this, Michael. Michael Wackington, the co-op aficionado and proponent, member of the co-op, has commented and said he will warn the staff in advance if I, if I like so that they can give me an extra special service. I do not want that, Michael. I do not want extra favours. I want to go in there as an ordinary member of the public, which is going to be difficult because I've been on Spring Watch and people will recognise me. Uh, so it's going to be difficult. I might have to go in with a disguise because, you know, that's going to happen now, isn't it? I mean, it's not, a, it's not a proper test now. It's not a true test because I'm going to go in and go, oh, my God, it's the man from Spring Watch. We best give him special service. In fact, they'll probably be like, we don't even sell almond milk, but he wants almond milk. Right, we're going to quickly get a car, go down to Sainsbury's, pick up some almond milk quickly and uh, bring it back to him and just sell it for him because, you know, and just give it for free because, you know, we want him to keep coming back because it's great to have someone of his stature and his status in our shop. Rerouting. I've gone the wrong way. I've got lost again, Michael. Approaching head anti-clockwise. Right. How do you... Head anti-clockwise. Let me... I'll try my best to head anti-clockwise. I'm heading anti-clockwise, but where do I go? Like, ow. Can you have a word with the cooperative, Michael, and ask them, maybe one of their community projects could be to uh, move a little bit closer to where I live? Because this is, yeah, 
I do want special treatment actually because I've no idea where I'm going. I'm just walking around roads now. It tells me it heads anti-clockwise on a roundabout, but it doesn't seem to really be a path. Rerouting. Rerouting. I've gone the wrong way again. Could have got there and back from Sainsbury's by now. But we continue. Let's not be dispirited. Let's. Oh, there's another fan. I could have just pretended, couldn't I? I could have gone to Sainsbury's, pretended it was the cooperative, and you wouldn't have known. Maybe I should just do that. Obviously, I'll edit this bit out if I do. I feel as if I should do like an Eddie Izzard and be like broadcasting this, you know, tweeting about it. So I'm streaming live on the internet. If you want to watch me walk to my local co-op, it's not really that local. I'm doing it to support community projects, the things I do for a fairer society. This is a harrowing journey. I hope people appreciate this. this is a harrowing experience. I mean, we should be putting some classical music over the top of this. A blind man's harrowing journey to support a fairer Britain, a fairer society by walking to his nearest cooperative all of a mile away. He could have gone to his Sainsbury's, only 0.2 of a mile away, but not this man. A crusader for equality and social justice. And that, ladies and gentlemen, as I yet again have to cross another roundabout, as I have to manoeuvre my way around roadworks in the sweltering heat, that, the knowledge of that, is what keeps me going. The knowledge of why I'm doing this, what I'm doing this for, what it represents, keeps me going. Oh, I'm nearly getting, oh. Oh, the car has just literally had to swerve there in order to avoid me. I nearly got run over, but it... I will continue. I won't, I'm not joking either. I stepped out into the road and there was a car. I did actually have to swerve past me there. Ah. Only 237 yards to go. But the, the classical music increases in intensity. As I'm now, let me just paint the picture. It is only 237 yards to go, but there's quite a hill that I'm walking up right now. This is quite a hill that I'm having to walk up. And bear in mind as well, I have a coat on, and it's pretty hot outside. So let's intensify that classical music to reflect the grueling nature of this journey. A blind man walking up a hill. But we're getting closer. Remember, think of those community projects, David. Think of those community projects. It keeps me going up this hill as the sweat pours from me. Oh, think of all of those worthy causes. East, 145 yards. 145 yards to go. I can do this. Ramp up that classical music. I'm getting there. This is emotional. Have your tissues at the ready. East, 124 yards to go. I can do this. 103 yards to go. But the drama continues. We've reached some more roadworks. 95 yards to go. I've gone the wrong way. I've gone the wrong way after all that. Oh, God. I've got, I've got to go for another roundabout, Michael. I've got to go for another roundabout. Where am I going? Take the first exit on Southie Green Road. Heading east in 15 yards. Okay. Just to right. north east in Head, 15 yards. Heading east, I don't know. I'm only 88 yards away, but there's a massively busy road to cross. Oh, I keep trying to cross, but there's more cars. I'm not even sure where to cross. I'm not even sure which way to turn. It just tells me to hit the second exit, but the second exit in which direction? I mean, there's no lights or anything. Right. I'm gonna cross. It seems clear. Clearish. Right, I'm on the roundabout. No, but there's, there's no path. It's just grass. There's no actual path there, so that's obviously not where I'm meant to go. I might be stood here for quite a while. 
Okay, I've obviously done some editing. I've been stood here now for five minutes and the, the cars have been relentless. That's stuck in an island, mate. Sorry? That's stuck in an island. I am stuck on an island, I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> Come on, mate. I'm heading towards the cooperative shop. Co-op, that's what it was. The co-op, excellent. Yeah. I'll tell you all here, mate, I'm with you in a second. Here we go, right. This is co-op. Yeah, we're at the co-op, we've arrived. Well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate, that you co-op. Excellent. Okay, so we're in the co-op shop now. It'll be interesting to know whether there is anybody on hand to help me get some stuff. It's not as big as Sainsbury's, but chances are it's going to be a bit inconvenient for them, but will they be cooperative? That's what we're asking right now. You right, darling? Hello, is there anybody at hand to help me get a few things? Yes, I see you. I'll come out. All right. There we are. Cooperative by name, cooperative by nature. Excellent. Where are we going first, my darling? Right. Do you have almond milk? Almond milk. Do you want it fresh or do you want it like the UHT milk? Yeah, the f fresh will be fine, fresh. yeah. How many would you like? The £1.85. Okay, well, I'll get a couple of those. I maybe should have got those at the end, really, shouldn't I? Because they're the heaviest. But never mind. Never mind, don't worry. Yeah. We've got big arms. Excellent. <laughs> I need to get some grapes and blueberries if you've got them. Yes, this is swimming. I keep saying if you've got them. I, mean, I don't know why I'm doubting it here. We've got them. It's in last summer, we've got a fruit craze. Well, I can't remember the last time there was a fruit craze in Sheffield. Oh, but, well. uh, Chocolate craze, maybe. Would you like red or green apples, my love? Apples? Red, apples, grapes. <laughs> I thought you were doing like, the power of suggestion there, sort of just trying to get me to get apples. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know the difference because I never know what colour I'm eating when I'm eating it. So. Well, I prefer green. Well, I'll go for that then. There you go. Oh. Don't worry, I won't come back and hold you responsible. Uh, <laughs> excellent, some blueberries, some please. Blueberries. We've got those. Excellent, not too many uh, more oh, no, things, worry. but uh, oh, thank you very much. Cherry tomatoes. Some cherry tomatoes. Yes. Those. I don't know whether that the lettuce and things that yes. is around We've here is it? Do you know where the gherkins would be, actually? Gherkins. Yeah, the things that's like a jar rather than a fresh, fresh thing, today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I have, yes, yes. We haven't got any gherkins. Do you have portobello mushrooms? The, oh, the big massive yeah, ones. Do you, no, we haven't You don't have them. Ones. I'll get some bacon. Bacon? Yeah. Right, we've got one at £1.10 and it's unsmoked rindless. Okay, that should be fine, I think. We've got £2.9, might as well go for a cheaper option, aren't you? I suppose. Well, that's not on message, that, but we'll pretend I won't tell anyone. Have you got caramelised onion chutney, actually? We haven't, my love, no. You haven't? Okay. That's everything. So thank you very much. I'm going to walk you down to the till. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, there's a sock in there. But right, <laughs> just in case you're wondering what I'm doing with the oh, okay. I left it in by accident. I don't normally do it. It's not like a lucky sock that I carry around. I've been travelling. I forgot to unpack that. You've been travelling anywhere nice? I've been down Suffolk doing... Um, I'm in a Ford group. Oh, it's 11.91. 11.91, darling. £8.19. OK, thank you. That's your £5 note there. Yeah, thank you. And that's your, your change, okay? Thanks a lot. Thank you. Next, please. Oh, well, thank you very much for your help. No problem. Thank you very All much. All right, bye. 
they were very cooperative, I have to say. Very cooperative. Not only did they get me straight away, there was no hesitation, straight away got me the stuff. As well as that, she even packed the bag for me. I'm gonna give them 10 out of 10 for cooperativeness. I'm, I'm awarding them on points for the almond milk. They had that, but they didn't have gherkins or caramelized onion chutney. So, I mean, they've lost a few points there, whereas Sainsbury's clearly would have had those things. There you go, Michael. Hopefully that was exciting for you. You can maybe play this in your AGM. I know you are a cooperative member, so maybe you could play this at the uh, next cooperative AGM. There's good research there. And uh, maybe put on the, the agenda of any other business. Uh, lack of gherkins and caramelized onion chutney. Uh, see if we can get that sorted out. That'd be brilliant. Right. I also thought it was quite nice as well that she pretended not to know who I was. Because she must know that I'm a bit self-conscious about everyone knowing who I am and people are always asking me about what was it like being on Springwatch and you know, how do you have the inspiration on a daily basis for the things that you write about on the dollops and that kind of thing. All the usual questions that I get, you know, will you say your catchphrase? I wouldn't imagine it would taste very nice, I've got to keep saying and that kind of thing. It's just nice not to have that and I think that was, uh, it was an extra level of cooperativeness that she did there so that was really nice and she, the way she pretended as well when I said that I'd been down Suffolk she was like alright whereabouts have you been and what have you been doing you know she, she knew full well what I'd been doing but pretended not to so I could have an ordinary conversation and pretend not to be a folk singer I didn't even have to mention the dollops or anything like that so I thought that was really nice that she did that as well Right. Right. Just fuck off. There you go. They're still having an argument. I could go back and we could listen to the arguments. This journey's already taken long enough, and I think we've had enough drama anyway for today. I mean, there's, I don't think we need any more drama, to be honest. I don't know if people can take any more drama. Well, I have to say, I'm nearly home, and that journey was absolutely painless. No problem whatsoever getting home. I'm drenched with sweat. Oh, what do you think about that, Chloe, eh? Oh, oh Chloe, by the way. I got a message from Chloe, got a comment from Chloe, who said that she's catching up with the dollops, and she says she very much enjoys the character that I have created around her. Character, Chloe character. We all know it's based on the truth. Thank you very much for listening. Until tomorrow, goodbye. Oh, God. It's my groupie again in, in the bed, applauding. I'm sorry I haven't got enough energy. I've, it's been a long, sweltering walk. I don't have enough energy, sorry. Oh, oh no, sorry. I'm surprised you've got any energy after the last time anyway. Anyway, too much information. Apart from for you, Chloe, obviously. I'm sure you'd like a little bit more. You could be one of the groupies if you want. All you've got to do is lie in my bed and applaud now and again. David's Daily Digital Dollop, Dollop 159. A souped up dollop. It's another audio dollop, but today you join me in the kitchen. And the reason today's dollop is called a souped up dollop is a hilarious play on words based around the fact that while I'll be uh, espousing great words of wisdom and uh, all sorts of hilarious witticisms I shall be doing that while cooking and uh, yes you've probably already guessed 
I'm cooking a soup. So I thought yeah, it would be quite interesting for me to uh, have a little bit of a chat away, maybe tell a story about something, who knows what will happen, but I shall do it while cooking. Because that's what they do now, there's a lot of very popular, isn't it, the cookery programmes. You've got Tim Lovejoy, who uh, interviews celebrities while they cook. It's kind of like this, without Tim Lovejoy, and without the TV cameras and without the celebrities. But other than that, it's kind of a similar kind of... It's just me talking to myself, basically, while cooking. This could catch on. I don't know. I mean, if anyone from the BBC, any of the BBC producers from Springwatch are still kicking around and listening and want ideas, this could be it. I think the extra element as well of being blind, um, which doesn't affect me in terms of cooking, but a lot of people think, say, how do you cook if you can't see? I think there'll be an extra interest value there. Perhaps I could do a a programme designed not just for blind people, because I mean, that's a bit niche, but also think about this. The population is ageing and age-related sight loss is on the increase. You know, people are losing their sight, people are living longer and therefore losing their sight. And there's a lot more blind people going to be in the world in uh, 10 or 20 years' time. I think it's about time now that we educate people how to cook without sight so that they will be able to cook when they eventually go blind. So that is the purpose. It's a very noble purpose of my television programme. And obviously I'll do my usual jokes and that kind of thing that I've become famous for, you know, the rye observations in life, being humorous observations themed around rye bread. I'll be cooking with rye bread. So perhaps I should call this cooking without looking or um, can't look will cook. That's a good name for it, I think. There you go. Food for thought. Uh, And that wasn't even meant to be a pun. I just can't help myself. I've got comedy coursing through me with my veins. It's either that or it's the heroin. That's truly public service broadcasting, BBC. Teaching people how to cook without seeing for the time when they eventually lose their sight. There you go. One of the things that they don't show when you uh, watch these cookery programmes on the TV, you go into the kitchen and they say, right, OK, you've got all your ingredients here, you go, let's just begin. Well, it's never like that. Come on. When you go to cook a meal, the first thing you have to do, do some dishes so you can actually prepare the food. They never show you that on the TV. It, it lacks realism. So that's what I'm doing right now, washing the dishes. But I'm going to make a soup. I mean, it's a soup slash broth. I mean, I, I wonder, and if someone wants to uh, come in on this as well, uh, maybe comment on this, at which point does a soup become a broth is there an official gradation does something have to uh, distinguishes it does something have to happen for a soup to become a broth because i think of a broth as more viscous as thicker so let me describe what i'm about to do i'm not following a recipe or anything like that i'm just relying on my uncanny intuition the same intuition that i use to do these dollops i mean there's no script here i will be using and i'm obviously doing so well at that so we have chicken thighs carrots some celery celery flavors a soup very well I've got some chicken stock which I should be using. It's one of those fresh chicken stocks rather than the powdered ones which I was assuming I was going to get. It's a liquid one. There's a trouble when I go to the shop. I went to Sainsbury's again today, sorry Michael, and they just get me random things. I, I tell them what they want and they just get me uh, random stuff. So I come back and half the meals I make are just improvised on the accidental purchases that I end up getting because uh, shopkeepers misunderstood what I was asking for. Like the amount of times I've asked for salmon and then ended up with smoked salmon. And I've just had to improvise, but I pull it out the bag every time. Pull it out the bag. And then when I pull it out the bag, I uh, cook with it. Oh, yes. You're in safe hands. I have some fresh egg noodles. She asked me if I wanted free-range egg noodles. I didn't even know you could get free-range egg noodles. But uh, I said, yes, of course I do. I'm a folk singer. I sing songs of social conscience. I am an ethically orientated man. And I strongly believe noodles should be allowed to spend their days roaming free. I'm adding the water. 
It has taken me, by the way, an hour so far just to do that bit because I had to spend the first 45 minutes uh, trying to boil the kettle with the app. Not really, obviously. It's just another hilarious joke. That's the sound of a chicken thigh going into a pan. And you'll have all sorts of lovely juice there. We just need to leave that for a bit. And eventually the meat will be cooked enough for me to pull it off the bone. And then I'll start adding other ingredients. Meanwhile, I'm going to start chopping the vegetables. If it wasn't going to the BBC, this, if one of the independent broadcasters took it up my blind cookery show, then um, this would be a good place to go to commercials now. We'll be back after the break. Everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking what's going on in the kitchen. But I don't know what's cooking. The sounds of Coolio, Gangster's Paradise, as he sings there. Something going on in the kitchen. But I don't know what's cooking. But we do know what's cooking. Unless, of course, you missed the first epic part of today's programme. We are cooking. This is me doing my audition, by the way. Today's programme is a souped-up edition. And the reason for that is because we're cooking a soup. We're cooking. The camera then pans to the pan. Pans to the pan, yeah. And you will see the chicken thighs there. I say, of course, it's chicken thighs, which is currently marinating in water. I will start preparing the vegetables, but there's no rush. There's no rush to do that. We're going to marinate these for about 40 minutes. I don't know if you can use the expression marinade when you're just literally cooking something in water. <laughs> I will be chopping, but there's no need to say chop chop when it comes to the chopping, because we've got plenty of time. They'll be marinating for another 40 minutes yet. So I've got plenty of time to read some of the dollop comments that have come in. I've got a couple actually have just come in. Uh, one of them is from Sadie, responding to yesterday's dollop, my walk to the quarp epic, although that walk did sound pretty harrowing. Now you just need to dollop from the Rochdale Pioneers Museum, home of the first corp shop, and your corp journey will be complete. There is then a tongue-sticking-out emoticon. Thank you, Sadie. It's interesting that you should say that, actually, because there was a part of the dollop that I edited out yesterday, because it was going on for so long. But basically, one of the bits that I took out of that dollop was saying right at the end that if people wanted to challenge me, if it's inspiring anybody else, to sort of say, right, like Michael Wackington did, I challenge you to go to the corp. What's my next Adventure. That's for you to decide. What would you like me to do? Where would you like me to go? <laughs> there might be quite a few people coming with not such so savoury suggestions. Talking of savoury, these chicken thighs are coming along very nicely indeed. We've got another comment from the one and only Michael Wackington, the challenger. Oh my god, David, why did you travel so far? I would have just gone to the local Sainsbury's. Well, it was the idea of the thing. You would have known, though, Michael, because it had cooperative radio on. So if all of a sudden it started doing a big announcement about Sainsbury's, because it always has those announcements, live well for less. It always does that. You'd have known that I wasn't in the cooperative. I mean, I could have maybe edited it out. I could have maybe gone online, because on Asda radio broadcasts online, as we know, I might have been able to have found some co-op radio material and then I could have added that to the mix and you would have thought, oh, he's obviously in the co-op. And actually, I was in Sainsbury's. That would have... But, oh, he mentions co-op radio here. He says, I did request that co-op radio play a youngin' song when you arrived. But I'm glad they didn't, as you heard yesterday, Michael. I'm self-conscious about everyone knowing who I am now since the Spring Watch thing, so it was nice that they, they didn't do that. If they want to play it any other time, though, feel free. They can do wall-to-wall youngins if they want. That'd be great for the royalties. Now, what's all this almond milk? You're not a secret veggie, are you? As a veggie myself... No, no, Michael, I'm not a veggie. Sorry to disappoint you there, Michael. I am currently marinating chicken thighs in water. The reason I got almond milk is simply because I just think it's very nice. I prefer it to normal milk. Oh, he says, I think I've just managed to work out the quarp that you used. Go on then, Michael. Let me know. Leave a comment. Tell me which one you thought it was. That'll be a bit of a fun interactive feature. If anybody else, by the way 
wants to do that as well, which cooperative shop did I use? Feel free. I shall rate this dollop as the best co-op dollop so far. So far. I think it might be the only one, Michael. Um, as I say, I'm always evolving, always progressing. But uh, maybe when the dollops come to an end, like the 366th or something, I might do a poll to see what people want. And they might say, David, what we really want is for you to head back to the cooperative and do a special dollop. Maybe a dollop roadshow from the uh, cooperative. And I do a special cooperative radio roadshow, perhaps. Ooh, a little cheeky bit of salary, I think. Now, something else that you never see on the TV. They're never eating as they go. I mean, that's one of the joys of cooking, is that, you know, as you're chopping a bit of celery, have a bit of a nibble. Might even even have a little bit of celery as well while I'm at it. If I can stop nibbling for long enough. But let's not talk about that. Oh, oh, oh. And now, cheeky bit of broccoli. I think I could be a vegetarian. I think it's mainly because of the people that I meet. Maybe we could have a commune full of the, full of dollop listeners and readers. I would happily not eat meat. I don't think we should start farming animals. I think that would be... Well, actually, I suppose the thing is, though, one of the problems with farming is the heavy agriculture, the industry that it's turned into, and the environmental impact. Maybe we could farm non-dollop listeners, because obviously they're a different species, aren't they? They're, you know, like they're kind of the low lives, the savages. You know, maybe we could farm them. I'm going to start adding the vegetables now. In they go. Now I'm going to add some butter. Now this is where it gets fun. This is where it gets good. Ow! Some butter has just spat in my eye. Ow! That was just spat in my arms. Okay. I may be doing the whole blind cooking thing now. A disservice. It's time to add the leeks. Okay, so it's about time to serve. Let me know if there's something in particular that you want. Set the challenges. Lay down the gauntlets. Although if you do lay the gauntlets down, could you please lay them down somewhere where it's not too obstructive? Because I might be likely to walk into the gauntlets. Any kind of gauntlets are just haphazardly strewn over the ground. That's, that's not good. So please, no careless gauntlet laying, please. Or just careless laying of any sort, to be honest. That's my uh, message for today's dollop. I'll be back tomorrow. For now, bon appetit. No, teat. We're back to nipples again. Some people take a lot longer than others to get over a relationship breakup. When I broke up with my last girlfriend, naturally I was upset. Friends and family were also a bit saddened, but naturally we moved on, as you do. However, there are some people who have seemingly been unable to get over us breaking up, even though it's been over 16 months now. I'm talking about the people at City Taxis in Sheffield. Every time I call the taxi company, I get an automated voice presenting me with a list of three addresses that I might want to be picked up from. This is meant to be based on my recent pickup points, except I haven't been picked up from my ex's house since we broke up. That would have been at the start of February 2015. Yet, despite the amount of time that has elapsed, and in spite of the fact that I've been picked up by that taxi company from a load of different addresses that weren't my ex's, the machine still offers her address first on the list. But today I called City Taxis and her address was gone from the list. It's taken them 16 months but City Taxis has finally accepted that we are no longer in a relationship. Well done City Taxis. I am truly proud of you. Be strong. When we broke up we had no idea how it would affect the taxi company. Once it became clear how badly they were taking it we did have some tentative talks about trying to stay together just for the sake of City Taxis but we knew it would never really work. It was better 
better that we went our separate ways now than cause more prolonged pain for city taxis in the future, as we would have got their hopes up only to dash them again at a later date. I'm sure that there must have been some people in the office, the more pragmatic and less sentimental ones, who were suggesting that they should remove her address from the top of my recently visited list on the automated telephone system, but then presumably there must have been others who would say, no, no, just give it a bit longer. But the weeks turned into months, and the address was still top of the list, and still it had not been used. December came, and the suggestions were made again to delete the address, but the staff decided that they should wait until the new year. Maybe there would be a Christmas reconciliation. But Christmas and the new year came and went, and yet there was still no journey booked from or to my ex's address. Yet the staff at City Taxi still kept the address at the top of the list in feeble hope, deciding to wait until the spring before they did anything about it. After all, winter is depressing enough, they reasoned, and the hope of a reunion was at least a small hope to hang on to. But the winter came and went. Anyway, it's finally happened. Well done, City Taxis. Tomorrow we're having a meeting with someone who works at Stockton Prison, interested in getting us in to do a gig. Hopefully we can recreate the effusive atmosphere of Johnny Cash's epic prison gig. Maybe we should do a modified version of When I Heard That Lonesome Whistle and give it maybe a bit of a more local bent and see how much of a cheer we get when we sing I stabbed a man in Billingham just to watch him die. I mean, in fairness, there's very little else to do in Billingham, so we have to make our own entertainment. Granted, there is a skating rink, but there's only so much skating a man can do before he gets bored and ends up killing someone just for the hell of it. I might have to jiggle the words around a little bit in order to make it scan. It sort of lost the tune a bit there. But I think that'll go down very well with the Teesside prisoners. I just hope the paedophiles in the prison aren't too disappointed when they realise that the much-anticipated Young'uns night isn't quite what they hoped it would be. Hopefully, though, there'll be a few folk fans amongst the paedophiles, which will at least offer them some small consolation, maybe. I shall leave today's dollop here. As over the last four days, I've produced over an hour's worth of dolloping. And while I know that many of you centre your lives around me with these dollops, I appreciate that you're spending quite a lot of time listening to me blabbering on every day. I wouldn't want to break up any relationships. You know, dear, you spend too much time listening to David's Daily Digital. You haven't got the time for me anymore. The relationship breaks up your local taxi company in bits. I am, however, bewildered by the number of you who are still listening to these dollops, although I can't help thinking that from a PR and marketing perspective, I've maybe not taken advantage of the opportunity of keeping the hundreds of new people that I gained last week as a result of Springwatch. I could have produced a few short blogs just to ease people in, but instead released 20-minute long audio dollops consisting of me walking to the shops and washing the dishes. And now I've probably just killed the last few newbie stragglers off with a paedophile joke. Oh, well, to be honest, the fame didn't really suit me anyway. It'll be nice to be able to walk down the street again without having children crowd-surfing me down the road. That's a hilarious reference there to Dollop 157. There'll be a hundred or so of you who get that. The rest of you will have to listen if you want to know what I'm talking about. Or you could just bugger off like all of those other fickle idiots who were only interested in visiting my website because they'd seen me on Springwatch and just wanted to know whether or not I was blind. You can leave if you want, but just remember this. You won't be laughing when you're farmed for meat on the David's Daily Digital Dollop Commune. And that's a hilarious reference to Dollop 159. If you want to get the most from these dollops, then you've really got to do the legwork and listen or read them all. But be warned, if you should start putting in the legwork and then decide to stop listening or reading these dollops, you will nevertheless, at the time of reckoning, be judged as an outsider. And thus, the Dollop Commune will still farm you as meat. And thanks to all that legwork that you put in before, will be all the more plentiful. You have been warned. 
Firstly, a correction regarding yesterday's dollop. The Johnny Cash song that I was referring to was, of course, Folsom Prison Blues, not I Heard That Lonesome Whistle. Although both of those songs are about jail and both of them refer to whistles, hence my confusion. I thought I'd better clarify that because obviously I take journalistic accuracy very seriously in these dollops, as you regular dollop listeners will be able to attest. I challenge you to find a crumb of fiction or inaccuracy in these dollops. Go on, you can look all you want, but you won't find it. Today, the young'uns went to prison. Now, I know we've never revealed this before, but the real reason that we're in a folk band is because 11 years ago, we committed a spate of petty crimes and were given a choice of two sentences by a rather radical judge who presided over our case. Either to spend a year in prison or to do five years community service performing as a folk band. But then, mere months later, our sentence was significantly increased due to us being charged with murder. We didn't actually kill anyone, but we were charged for massacring hundreds of traditional folk songs and were thus sentenced to serve another 10 years community service performing in a folk band. This is basically the real reason why the young'uns began singing folk songs together. We were meant to keep all of this quiet, which is why we haven't mentioned anything before. But we went to prison today for our review, and we were told that we were finally allowed to disclose the truth. Given that, as I earlier intimated, these dollops are a bastion of truth, I think that it's fitting that I should reveal this news on David's Daily Digital Dollop. In fact, the only reason I'm doing this daily blogging project is because I have to report my whereabouts and activities to the authorities on a daily basis. This blog is basically a way of facilitating that, meaning that I don't have to pop back to prison every day to show my face. I just got a bit carried away with the whole blogging thing, which was simply meant to be a, a brief and basic diary of my daily activities, purely for the benefit of the prison wardens. But I thought I'd spice it up a little bit, you know, throw in a few jokes. I thought the wardens might appreciate it, as it can get a bit dull looking after a jail, especially on a boring, non-rioting day. I also decided to make the blog public, That's because I am an egomaniac. While we were in prison, we also had a chat with the governor about possibly doing something with the prisoners. Apparently, there are quite a few people serving sentences who have become keen songwriters since they went inside. In fact, while we were there, we heard a song that one of the prisoners had written. He strummed a guitar and sang a song all about his fellow inmates. The prisoners found the verses hilarious and laughed heartily at what seemed to be good-natured fun-poking at his fellow prisoners. I was a little bit tense, though, nervously waiting for the one line about one of the prisoners that someone takes a disliking to, which might instigate a full-scale brawl, but fortunately everyone seemed to enjoy their names being mentioned in a song and laughed along with the playful mickey-taking. It also crossed my mind that this might not simply be the harmless, fun song that it appeared to be on the surface, and that the staff all believed it was. It might in fact be a highly complex and elaborate secret form of communication between the prisoners. Perhaps the songwriter was communicating a coded message to his fellow inmates, and rather than the song consisting of funny jibes about his fellow prisoners, it was actually a coded message detailing an escape plan. That would explain why he was naming prisoners individually. He was giving them instructions. One of the lines, for instance, was something like, Now let me tell you about Tubby Tim. He works out all day, but he never gets slim. Maybe this isn't merely a little joke at prisoner Tim's expense, but is instead a message to Tim detailing his part in the great escape plan. Maybe he works out every day isn't simply a joke about Tim trying to lose weight by exercising every day, but is actually a coded message instructing Tim that he should dig a ton 
tunnel. Hence the line, he works out every day. He's being told to slowly but surely, day by day, work his way out of the prison by digging a tunnel to the outside. It all makes perfect sense now. Let's just hope the prison wardens listen to this dollop in time so as to thwart this escape attempt. Yet another example of how this dollop is providing a public service. I need to get this dollop released immediately. If there's more mistakes than usual, it's because I'm in a rush to get this dollop released before all hell breaks loose. Let's just hope I'm not too late.